So today I will uh, summarize the paper and moderate the discussion. So we are we have read the paper, the opinion paper, cellular mechanisms of conscious processing, and it was published in the Trends of uh, Cognitive Sciences. And the authors are Jan Aru, uh, Mototaka Suzuki, and Matthew Larkom. And they are from the Humboldt University of Berlin, uh, University of Tartu, and the Charité Universitätsmedizin, again from Berlin. So basically, the authors are proposing um, and kind of summarizing the recent findings and, and the recent um, empirical advances uh, regarding the role of layer 5 pyramidal neurons. And they kind of relate, relate them or discuss, discuss them in the context of consciousness research and uh, as a potential cellular mechanism for consciousness. So they start by pointing out that many of the currently popular or recently developed consciousness theories uh, seems to support this idea that there are these large-scale brain networks and they work together to integrate information or, or to kind of contribute to a global ignition, whichever way, but there's this large-scale activity that needs to happen in order for consciousness to appear. And it seems that uh, it's a bit less well-discussed what are the potential cellular underpinnings of this uh, about these processes or of this integration. And so the authors start by discussing the very interesting case of general anesthesia. How, how does it actually work? Because indeed it is quite surprising that we have these, these drugs that are able to kind of stop consciousness or put people in an unconscious state, although temporarily and, you know, with only with a very specific, um, like a precise dosing. And so, they, they, they point this out that it is very important that any theory of consciousness needs to address how general anesthesia works, how and why it can work in the context of this theory. And uh, so one of the candidate mechanisms or one an important mechanism, a cellular mechanism that kind of supports this is or basically the functioning of these layer five uh, pyramidal neurons. So these are fairly large neurons uh, that are they, that have the cell body in the layer five of the cortex, and then they have projections up to upper layers, the surface layers. And I will not, I think, explain all the details because it is. Uh, I think there's a lot of different uh, terminology, and I think it's it's quite, um, you know. It would take a long time, and I'm not sure if I would, uh, I don't know, do it well enough. But just to kind of explain the most important concept, we have these uh, large neurons. Uh, there are, and they can be actually, you could divide them, or their components could be uh, ordered into three like categories or, or three parts uh, or compartments. So there's the apical compartment that is like the um, top section of the neuron. 
uh, there's the basal compartment that is the bottom, bottom section of the neuron, and there's the coupling region or coupling compartment that sends the information or, or kind of allows the uh, information transfer between the apical and uh, the basal compartments. And it's also important to mention that um, there are other, like there are specific different receptors that are involved in these apical and also the basal region. And also that um, the higher order thalamus, which is a part of the thalamus that is, um, yeah, it's, it seems to be involved in, in relaying, infor- or seems to be involved in, in modulating the uh, cortical pro- processing and not information relaying from the sensory, like uh, sensory neurons to the cortex. So this higher order thalamus is also able to affect these. Uh, pyramidal neurons. And basically they describe a couple of very interesting results showing that when you kind of stop the coupling region, so the communication between the apical compartment and the basal compartment, it seems that consciousness basically um, stops working. And this is kind of in line with many other like um, theories and findings um, showing that it's, it's, it's quite important that we have uh, communication and uh, like kind of loops of activity between regions and across, uh, like from cortical, uh, cortical and thalamocortical uh, information loops. So these, these findings kind of point out that uh, if you don't have this uh, coupling region, is if it's modulated by either the higher-order thalamus or uh, by an anesthetic agent, then you don't have this information transfer. And then they kind of emphasize, or they kind of um, mention a couple of ways how we can use these findings and use this cellular mechanism to understand the kind of, or kind of give a, a mechanistic underpinning for consciousness theories. So this, uh, and, and they also propose, or they also mention this, um, like, I think their own theory or uh, the theory that is based on the these pyramidal neurons, the dendritic integration theory or DIT. And basically, yeah, they are, um, they are discussing that this ability of pyramidal neurons to, to transfer information, it, it could be actually fitted into many different consciousness theories. So for example, in case of IIT, uh, since IIT is definitely emphasizes the, the importance of integration, inter- information integration, it seems like this uh, coupling section would be a, a, a quite important uh, contribution and, and the um, communication between different layers and different brain regions if it's not working, then obviously um, IIT would predict the loss of consciousness. Also, in case of uh, global neural workspace theory, again, uh, these neurons may contribute to kind of an ignition process because, um, and this is something I forget to say that, so these neurons seems to, like, since they are quite large and since they can basically, so whenever there's, uh, activity in the basal section and activity in the um, apical section, then there might be, so if there's s- 
seemingly a match between these two regions, there can happen a so-called burst of uh, action potential, which might be a way for um, for these neurons to signal uh, kind of a match between the top and bottom data streams. And so again, this uh, this idea or the role of these neurons can be integrated into the global neural workspace theory. It can also be integrated into the predictive coding and active inference theory or active inference approaches. Because again, this kind of matching of different uh, type of information or different data streams uh, seems to be in line what uh, the active inference theories or predictive coding theories would predict. And finally, they would also fit into um, the higher order theories of consciousness, again, representing higher and lower order concepts or, or um, representations. And um, again, so this, this uh, it seems that these uh, pyramidal neurons seem to fit well into many different theories and seems to kind of give an interesting... Um, mechanical explanation for this. And yeah, so what is somewhat unclear or what they what the authors point out is that the lo- lo- the role of the higher-order thalamus is somewhat unexplained or, or not quite well understood. There seems to be, so it seems that the this higher-order thalamus affects these pyramidal neurons, but the pyramidal neurons can also affect the thalamus. And so it seems like a very interesting um, uh, loop of, of activity patterns and, and activation and, and relationships, but it is for future studies to, to actually fully explain it. And yeah, I think this is how I would summarize this paper. Have I missed anything? Do you have anything to add? Uh, so I don't have um, yeah, I don't have anything, but I have just uh, one uh, clarification you know, question. Um, that is, so that decoupling somehow like blocks informational flow from apical dendrite is that correct and so you know the integration from apical dendrite and basal dendrite is disabled by the decoupling is it correct i think yes i think so again i have to i have to mention that i am not uh very much like I, I am not very familiar with the uh, neural, like the yeah, anatomical or physiological uh, processes in the cellular, like neural cellular domain. So, yeah. Yeah, I guess all of us are not from, you know, that kind of field. So, yeah, but yeah, anyway, I think, yeah, the summary was overall very clear, concise. Um, yeah, I agree that, you know, this is kind of, you know, providing a biologically plausible mechanism for, like, proposed theories such as, you know, global neural space and, like, probably integrated information, predictive codings. And, yeah, the, the paper says that this is, you know, the theory, right? The uh, the dendritic integration theory, but it sounds like uh, not sure. Well, yeah, this might you know 
understanding is that you know this provides some you know again the mechanism how you know information is integrated and if you know that kind of integration is uh you know disabled then you know people sometimes or uh in sleep or you know anesthetize and things like that and that is my understanding from paper and uh, Ryoichi do you want to add anything uh for me i agree with uh, your summary and quote and i also uh, wondering that uh, that this means that the prediction error calculation is done within a single neuron like L, L, layer five parameter neuron it means that the tip tip receivers generate top-down information write the feedback or prediction and the middle middle how to say middle middle area is the right for higher order terms information and the near of the cell uh, is for the like uh, bottom up information or, or prediction error right so first uh, my understanding is that the uh, the top layer the information from uh, the top layer the apical dent line is related to you know I think the prediction expectation and the information from basal uh, dent line are related is related to I think the some you know bottom up sensor informations and it's a bit unclear how you know the error is can be explained in this framework so maybe you know these prediction from um apical dendrites and sensor information bottom-up information from basal dendrites can be you know somehow added within you know these you know dendrites area and then computing you know errors but how is a bit unclear for me and also yeah the you know in this you know framework the role of you know coupling dendrites or coupling a compartment is a bit unclear for me so yeah this is my just you know again my understanding so if you can add anything specifically the coupling um you know compartment can you uh explain aniko a little bit or yeah so my understanding is that they don't propose that the like the prediction error is necessarily computed within one single neuron um and and i agree that they don't really describe this um they kind of mention that it is reasonable to assume that because it seems that there is these uh different information flows which is again a bit unclear what kind of information what is information what what does that stream of information contains but then regardless if we have these these uh, upper layers or the top layers um that are picked up by the apical dendrites and then we have these lower layers that are picked up by the basal compartments and so when there's uh, action potential, so when these, these, there's activity there, then it seems that uh, 
it's possible that whenever there's a match between the top activity and the bottom activity that kind of strengthens and and creates this as i said this burst and and that would kind of um maybe project or help the information pass through different regions and and kind of strengthen this this um representation i don't know it 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 is it is hard to say because i think they do a very good job at uh, explaining the the cellular underpinnings and and how the cellular mechanisms work and actually it's it is quite clear even though it's such a complicated topic but then when they discuss the potential implications to theories they don't really go into details uh but again i don't think that was their goal so i don't i i don't have much more to add unfortunately but that was my understanding have have this kind of hat or did anything <laughs> like helping you to answer your questions Roichi, I think it was your question, so are you happy? I mean, yeah, I agree with Anikos that, you know, the main focus of this paper is not to, you know, fit their idea into other theories. Rather, they try to introduce a new ap approach or idea from, you know, cellular uh, you know, perspective or much, much lower perspective for the level. So... I think in that sense, you know, this paper was, you know, really interesting, at least for me. Mm. Yeah. Yes. I'm happy. Ah, okay. Yeah. Then. I I yeah I always answer and so I'm I was I'm wondering this like you so. Yeah. So before uh so today when we uh you know looking for a paper to discuss um I asked Aniko uh whether she knows a paper that relate, you know, some, you know, much, again, the cellular level mechanism to our conscious processes. And then she, you know, brings up this paper. Um, I don't know, but like, is this a really unique paper? Or do you know any other paper talking about the relation between uh, the consciousness and, you know, the cellular mechanism or much like smaller level probably <laughs> so personally uh i don't literally know any others like i i have heard a lot about uh matthew Larkums and and Jana Ruth's work so yeah it wasn't even specifically the paper but i know that they have done very uh interesting and extensive work on this uh, pyramidal neurons and and how they might relate to consciousness um other than that i i think i can't really think of um you know a paper that is but that's that's mostly my me being uninformed <laughs> about these questions uh yeah yeah but i feel that is very like unique to this paper uh, again at least to me so it was you know again really interesting um yeah it was, you know, I really enjoy reading this paper, so that was really good. And um, if, so maybe we can kind of, yeah, or uh, we've already kind of started the discussion 
but like do you have any like uh, questions or comments to discuss i guess just one more thing i i now have been thinking about and i now i realize that uh there's i think quite extensive literature on neurons excitatory and inhibitory neurons and their relations and their interaction in creating consciousness it's not like a specific type of neurons like the pyramidal neurons but more like a type of connection so that's again i i now i remember that there's also uh, there's a quite interesting literature and this focuses on on more cellular or neural level activity or the description of of or the contribution of these type of neurons to consciousness so that may maybe worth looking into as well but yeah i just wanted to add that yeah but like yeah i have kind of yeah yeah i have a not question or yeah might be a question but related to that is this paper like talking about inhibition or excitation or do they care about it i think their point is that you know different area for the dendrolites and call different information and then somehow or they're you know dc or you know integrated up when you know this coupling uh, compartment works but other than that they just not integrated and they that's their point so inhibition and um yeah, excitation does not like sounds very important to this but what what do you think so i think they i think in the second uh like text box they mention uh-huh. that the the inhibitory and excitatory neural connections might be relevant in explaining the role of this higher-order thalamus, but they only mention it, uh, yeah, briefly. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I, I don't know if that was their... Um, I don't think that was ah, their, okay. their main okay. focus here. I see, yeah. Thanks, yeah. I'll just read that part, I think, there, the box too. Okay. Um, yeah, so maybe I have one, you know, the comment or, again, question. They, you know, listed my question in their uh, question box. But, yeah, while reading this paper, I was, or first they introduced the level of consciousness, right? How they can explain um, the level of consciousness, anesthetize, anesthesia, sleep and awake with their framework and then after that they introduce or explain how you know the content of consciousness can be explained by their framework and after finishing that part i started to feel that okay then how can we explain like dream and again yeah this is or the question is mentioned the questions box but i um really interested in that or how can we do that so do you have or did you have the same you know question while reading it because i think um when i read this paper or the first part we're talking about the level of consciousness you know that this coupling just lead to unconscious states right and then after that, uh, the you know decoupling 
will like some kind of or form the content of consciousness if you know the some specific quorum representing some you know feature is a couple then that will be in the consciousness uh conscious experiences so if you know in unconscious states these kind of coupling is all destroyed i would say and within that kind of situation it's a bit difficult to imagine that okay then how you know the conscious you know experiences can be formed so i don't know maybe the degree of you know decoupling might explain you know the dream but yeah that was my question while reading this paper uh so i have actually uh, a cool thing to add here because they actually have a paper so Yanaru and uh, the, one of the authors is also Johann Storm who was my supervisor one of my supervisors for my master thesis and they have a recent paper recent from December uh, 2020 um, which is exactly this like uh, it, it's titled Apical Drive a Cellular Mechanism of Dreaming so yeah I think that's definitely some I, I, uh, I think it's yeah, they have they do a very good job and a very detailed job in explaining a potential um, mechanism for for how yeah so how how dreaming could be explained by uh, these neurons and and this this within this framework. But yeah, I think yeah, I I don't want to reiterate it, but I was definitely wanted to just point out that there are some works about this. So yeah. Ah, okay then. Thanks. I will just read that paper. Yeah. So Yota's question is about the content of consciousness. How to uh, make sorry, how to modulate the content of consciousness, right? In this context. Well, my question was that you know, with this framework, you know, when the you know discovering happening. Uh, first of all, uh, you will be in the unconscious states. And also, if you know discovering uh, decoupling ha happening, then you will not have some specific content of consciousness. So I think, or this is again just my assumption, but like if all we can con if we consider that like a unconscious uh, state like sleep as all you know decoupling happening everywhere then it means that you know any specific you know feature cannot be in, in content of consciousness but you know this is contradict to the state of dream because you have you know some content of consciousness while maybe that I don't know whether we can say that the level of consciousness is like we are low or very near zero or something like that. But yeah, but, yeah. I see. So, uh, the sweep, sweeping state and general anesthesia is the same brain activation or not? So my interpretation is that the 
same in their framework. I I disagree. I think so. I think one thing is that you know uh, general anesthesia works in a pretty like sudden and dramatic way across the whole brain, and uh, but again, so it depends on because with with general anesthesia it depends very much on the on the on the type of the the anesthetic drug because for example with ketamine you have vivid dreams so it is a bit misleading to just generally say general anesthesia but um in 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 case of those um agents or anesthetic drugs that creates more like sleep like or deep sleep like activity in the brain i think you may still argue that um with sleep you don't necessarily have or not maybe not all regions and not everywhere this this um, very synchronized activity and i think this is something quite important and and uh, it's quite difficult to to study but it would be actually quite interesting so like obviously there's during sleep there's a lot of fluctuations with your amount of like with the arousal even in in like the different um sleep stages and um so it is a much more kind of volatile or dynamic process in a way and uh, so i i wouldn't say that uh, so even if there is there are some regions that are basically showing the 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 effect of this decoupling uh, be- between the epical and the basal uh, compartments it may not be all, like for all regions and it may be you know yeah so i think it's it's difficult to say because i don't think it's a either or situation i see i see and yeah so again we don't really quite know what are the neural correlates of of dreaming or like how like actually when when do dream occur and i think we would need yeah we would need a lot more data and a lot more research on on this so but I, I don't think it's um, so far the findings are contradicting this idea. Again, I, I remember reading that um, these neurons seem to participate or, or seem to contribute to slow wave activity in, in deep sleep and then alpha and beta activity in wakefulness. So, yeah, I mean, I'm sure they are like, if, uh, that then it's definitely. So if, if this, this this is the case, then they are definitely, like this decoupling is definitely an important part of the sleep, like the subjective experience of sleep. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's, it's a really interesting question whether, you know, how many neurons and how many pyramidal neurons need to be decoupled to actually, you know, inhibit a certain sensory experience. I think all this, you know, discussion was from my question, how to explain and dream. But like, do you have any other questions? Yeah, for me, you know, I'm wondering, and I'd like to know. For I'd like, I'd like to know how the feedback and feedback is happening. I, I, I know that for consciousness, feedback and feedback loop is important and according to this study so but uh, how how to if how to convey the information 
like dif different type of the neuron is there, or in this study, according to this study, the one pyramidal neuron neuron in the four sorry in the one like layer five pyramidal neurons, the top down information, also uh, bottom up information and uh, calculation, or the different type of the neuron for bottom up and top down. In, the, in other words, the feed for the neuron, there are the uh, neuron for feedback and the uh, neuron for the bottom uh, feed forward. I'm wondering, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's a very good question. But I think it's also very a bit unspecified, and this, this is not on your end or your, your fault, but it's just so difficult to specify because exactly what level of information so is it the exact the cell or the a group of cell or a region or a network and again you can imagine feedback loops and predictions and prediction errors in all of these different um kind of um levels and i think in in this way what they propose is so i think they don't necessarily say that the actual feedback is necessarily done in with the pyramid within or by the pyramidal neurons, but definitely the communication between these regions and then maybe the summation of information. But then again, I, it's I think it's it's unclear. We just don't know whether yeah how many neurons contribute to this. And because of course, you know, these kind of large densities, they can pick up activity from many different neurons and then at some point they they uh, happen to or they will um, fire. And um, But then how is that translated to what we call feedback or feed forward? I don't know. I think that's a very important question. I have almost the same, you know, answer as Aniko have. So it's unclear, you know, about prediction of what, right? Specifying that is very important and very difficult. But just, just you know, like vaguely, if you can go to figure two, um, where they explain, you know, the communication from between different, you know, region, there, you know, query, you know, feedback group, let's say, you know, between thalamus and, you know, pyramidal neuron, then, you know, they care about, you know, feedback definitely. But not, again, the, about what is, you know, very difficult question to answer, I guess. Okay, thank you. Yes. It is difficult, difficult, and I'm wondering and thinking. Uh, yeah, so I have basically also the same question or a very similar question about the what they call data streams. So they they describe within the uh, DIT that there are these data streams on the surface or like on the upper layers that are um, kind of that are relevant for the apical regions, and then there are data streams in the lower layers. And uh, yeah, I again, this might be my 
kind of ignorance. But uh, do we know how many data streams are, or what are these data streams? And like, what are what is information? No, but 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 what? Yeah, like kind of this data stream for me, it's like it's it's so vague. What is this? How how like how 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 do they work? <laughs> what are they? <laughs> And I, I know that, like, obviously, from just from this paper, it's it's quite hard to know. But do you have any ideas or any, I don't know, papers you can recall discussing this? Mm, yeah, I I don't know. But like, again, if you go to Figure One, you know, they listed, you know, related, you know, processing, say upcode and write. They listed top-down feedback model prediction, blah blah blah, and but yeah, it's a bit difficult, you know, it's, I think, related to, you know, again, information or, or like what, right, what question, I mean, what, you know, does this neuron encode and, you know, this dendrite or connection is for, that's the very, you know, important question. And I, I, I don't know, but like, obviously should relate it to our, uh, you know, the region of brain, like some region, for example, if you go to like a FFA, physical face area, it's obvious that, you know, the neuron in that area should be, you know, correlated with face perception. And, you know, if you go to other area, like uh, parahippocampal face area, then not face, but face or seeing things like that. But, hmm. I don't know. Other than that, I don't think we can say much more than that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the visual cortex is quite like the different layers and the different way how information flows. It's, it's I think, a bit more established, but like, yeah, I think all these other higher or more integrative regions are, I, I'm, I, I don't know what, what are the, how. Where does the information come from? What is that information? And similar questions. <laughs> yeah, so may maybe the next step or beyond this, you know, paper is that again, relate this framework to specific, you know, or I don't know, the perception or conscious experiences. For example, again, face. If you, you know, I don't know whether it's possible or not, but like if you can, you know, track the connection between like neuron in FFA and visual area, you can see that, you know, the network or circuit. And then by tracing back to uh, the neuron in visual area, we can, I don't know, say that, oh, yeah, probably, you know, this, you know, wiring is for, let's say, I. And this wiring is for nose and this wiring is for mouth and things like that. And, you know, not only the shape or the, you know, the feature of face, you can add more like a color information or, yeah, that kind of stuff. Mm. Yeah, but I think the difficult part will be is that um, we, I think we, we already kind of know that most of the, so even in a specific regions, some neurons respond to less complex, some neurons respond to more complex things, and the neurons also respond to 
like similar things, but not all of them. And then sometimes they respond to very like different things. So like deactivation in that regions, which is again, uh, how does it translate to, to this framework? It's, it's unclear for me at least. So yeah, I, like I think what I know from uh, how neurons work, I think it's unlikely that a single neuron will only respond to a single thing and then it's also flexible like obviously uh brain plasticity will influence these things so um yeah i mean it's it's very difficult i i don't know how or like we are usually suggesting where we usually discuss what can be the next steps for what what would be an interesting uh, future study for based on papers we read. But I honestly like I have a lot of questions, but I, I don't know how how to how to um, examine this at least in humans. Yeah, possibly we can you know implement this idea in you know deep learning that kind of stuff, and you know first see whether you know this framework work, works in simulation and then after confirming that we can look into the human brain or you know other animals brain that's one possible direction i would say uh, but like as aniko you mentioned we i don't think we can go directly to the human brain with this framework because you know there are too many neurons and you know definitely or obviously this you know framework require you know a lot very like a tiny or you know the connection at the micro level which is very you know difficult given the number of neurons and synapses so yeah i think the computational works can you know be done as a next step yeah now that's a good point okay so um Ryoichi, do you have other question or aniko you mentioned that you have a lot more questions so if you want you can ask oh yeah so no these these are more just uh again questions that they they have discussed in the question box which is i think actually a quite nice feature yeah like it's, it's a nice yeah uh nice concept so but not nothing nothing um concrete to this paper yeah yeah i also i don't understand the meaning higher order terms what higher order mean mm, sorry i don't know or maybe probably the i don't know some specific region of thermos or yeah so they, they define it in the glossary uh as uh, a category of thalamic nuclei, nuclei that modulates and control or modulate and control cortical processing and that are not involved in relaying information from sensory input. Mm -hmm. Ah, I see. So normally thermoses are low and they also said higher order, right? Okay. So th this is, you know, not a you know clear question, but they showed or provide IAT in introduction part, but um, I, if I remember correctly, uh, they did not mention the theory in the discussion part. 
they says that their framework can be you know fitted to global New York space or predictive coding and so I don't know whether or the author thought that you know IIT can or you know their framework can still fit to IIT you know kind of you know idea or not because um, you know in their they use the word integration but the way how they use is a bit different from I think what IIT says so or I don't know probably um, uh, yeah I'm not sure so they actually mention IIC in the end of the dendritic integration theory section. And yeah, they specifically mentioned that uh, the density integration theory kind of fits well to, um, to IIT or next to IIT because that theory is also proposing um, the importance of, of uh, like integration between regions and uh, the irreducible cause effect structure and that's uh, yeah so then they, they propose that the uh, the IT the density inform integration theory is or maybe a cellular mechanism for for IIT yeah 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 oh. yeah now I remember that part yes um, but um, correspond. Mm. Yeah, but I I see what you mean that they don't really describe it like exactly what they mean and and whether it's like I think it's more. Yeah, like um on 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 a first glance you could see a correspondence. Um. Yeah. Mm, yeah, but I don't know. Like after you pointing out that part. I started to feel, oh, this might make sense because uh, the, you can consider, you know, decoupling as disconnection kind of, you know, operation used in IIT. And, you know, that's obviously very important because if, you know, two uh, nodes or neurons are disconnected, then there will be no integration of the information and um, yeah in that sense yeah i think that will well you know work in iit i mean this framework will work in iit i see yeah but actually now that you mentioned this i'm 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 thinking like because in this way what they propose is that the integration is between different regions within the same neurons and i wonder whether it's uh, you know, kind of um, an issue in also when, so when we are trying to test or, or think about IIT, that we are thinking in neurons or like as a, as a unit. I mean, so because I think in this way, or in this case, technically the nodes, like there are different nodes within the same neurons. And yeah, 
I think in in that way, is that in line with IIT? Yeah, still. So what IIT says is that you know you we should uh, test evaluate any possible you know spatial you know scale. So it can be you know much smaller than you know single neuron, and can be much larger than near single neuron. So I think, yeah, this part does not you know contradict to IIT's you know approach. I see. Yeah, no, that's yeah, that's definitely I think an interesting concept or an interesting idea too. Actually, yeah. Whether whether with these larger neurons, it's actually we could consider them as multiple nodes or smaller sections that are important. Yeah. So, so that I think important point is that in this paper, you know, the single neuron can have you know different functional you know region, which is the different area of dendrites, which can be a you know sometimes. A, difficult to understand because you know you can consider one single neuron as an entity and work as an you know one but i think this theory says that you know within neuron there are you know different region in a sense or nodes and then they work in a different way so that you know the single neuron behaves something so that's a very important, you know, concept to mention, I think. And I think we've already yeah, discussed paper uh, roughly about, um, yeah, one hour. And if you don't have any question, maybe we can finish here. Or what What do you think? Uh, yeah, fine. I have no more questions. Okay. Okay, then um, see you uh, next week.